It's the next level. Panels to Pixels, The Defenders, Season 1, Episodes 7 and 8. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show, I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. So, Steve, these are the last two episodes in this show, and it's only it's, seven and eight. It's crazy, isn't it? Eight episodes. You know, this is the one thing I'll say before we get too deep into this. I will say I've, I've heard some criticisms of the Netflix shows that they they go too long. Like there's always like one or two episodes that people feel like they didn't really need or they could have sprinkled it throughout. I mean, I heard that people said that about haunting of Hill house. They said that about lost in space. They said that about a couple other Netflix shows to where they've like, they had an episode in there that they're like, what, this is just a filler episode. This is just an episode. So they got to 10 or so they got to 12 and this, this show, you know, it kept it at eight. It kept it real tight. And I don't think there was any episode really that you could have done without. There was no episode that seemed filler. They all, they all made a point and they all had, they may have had a spattering of things within the episode that we kind of go, hmm. but you know, for the most part, having only eight episodes really was, was uh, kind of refreshing. But this, this episode seven is, uh, it's called fish in the jailhouse, which is, is kind of interesting. It's one of those ones where I don't think anybody said the line in the, in the show, you know, that was a big thing with Jessica Jones. We kept waiting for somebody to say the title of the episode, mm. uh, but this is the penultimate episode. It sets everything up for the finale. We, we start with a quick flashback to a scene between Stick and Electra, which seemed a little out of place, but it makes sense as we progress through the episode. Our heroes are caught by the police. They, they've been brought to the police station. Misty wants answers and wants to know what happened to Stick and what happened to Sawande because she says – you know, we've got two dead bodies, one without a head, one that's been impaled, and we can't identify either of them. So uh, she's searching for answers. And then after our heroes break out of the police station, uh, they go and they attack Midland Circle, and they're fighting the remaining fingers of the hand while Electra fights Danny in the underground structure that we that uh, we're going to find out some more about. So this was a lot of this episode was really just just set up. But uh, that does bring us to our top five. Yeah, why don't you start? I will. Um, and going back to that scene that we start with Stick and Electra, when does that take place? You know, I guess I need to rewatch Daredevil season two again to try and figure it out because, you know, they they 
they start with this scene between him and Electra, and he's talking about how she was unable to convince Matt to join the chaste. And I don't remember any interaction between Stick and Electra in Daredevil season two. Like, I don't remember them even acting like they knew each other. Did, did I miss something completely? Or did, do you remember anything from? I don't really remember season two very well. Okay. Okay. So maybe we'll cover it. Maybe maybe there'll be something in there that'll give us a clue as to this pre-existing relationship between Stick and Elektra. But it just it just seemed kind of out of the blue. Kind of like when uh, when he tells Dan or when he uh, when Stick was telling Danny or telling somebody that his only family was Matt, Danny, and Elektra. And I wanted to go, huh? When like you barely knew Elektra. So, but but I will going back to that that cold open. It was really a great scene, and just the way it was it was uh, uh, camera, the way it was shot, and everything with them cutting and then panning over Stick's dead body, and then panning over all our unconscious he, uh, unconscious uh, heroes, and that that very poignant song that I, I don't know what it is, but but playing. It was just a really great cold open that I just love this this uh yeah that was just a really great cold open for the for the episode yeah definitely the cold opening definitely but my number five would be the the, the opening scene with stick and electro and their talk about trying to get matt to join the chase mm-hmm. uh, uh something that we haven't seen before stick was orchestrating something with electro for matt to join the chase something i did not know before a flashback scene we needed kind of going back to what your question was hey yeah like all this missing information that we just did not know or don't remember yeah yeah it just seems it just seemed weird to me that they've they this this show try this series at least tried to create a relationship between stick and electra that we never really had before and some sort of elect some sort of uh you know unless Unless he's talking to her before, after she's been raised as the black sky, which that doesn't make any sense because I don't think they ever interacted after she was resurrected, except for to, it just it's just a weird scene and them putting it in there. It just it's just another indication to me, kind of, of why this this series kind of didn't work. Yeah, you know. Um, but I guess that brings us to my number four, which is the police and them trying to figure out what's going on and our heroes trying to keep them out of it. You know, the, the police, they don't want these vigilantes on the street, but at the same time, they recognize that the heroes are the only ones that can can fix it. And the the, the heroes don't want to put them in danger. And, uh, you know, Misty and Streber, that one guy discussing about uh, what to do uh, just before the heroes escape and remember you know Strever says this is the kind of case that can make or break a career and i'm not talking about mine and he's talking to um uh to misty about her career and just that whole point where uh foggy brings uh matt the daredevil suit and i'm sure we'll have more about that later yeah definitely uh, my number four would be Electra taking over the hand, dispatching Alexandra, and taking over the hand overall. Yeah. Or is it Electra or the substance? We don't know. It's very questionable. Is that really who she is, or is just this the substance taking over, and a darkness of a new character? 
Huh. That's an interesting because because you know she plays it up as you know she makes that very clear statement at the end of the last episode. She's like, "I am Electra Nachios, and you work for me now." And that's a horrible, terrible accent. But um, <laughs> you know, you you might be on to something. There there may have been something going on inside her that the black sky uh, was kind of twisting her around. Because even when we get to the last episode, we see you know her fighting with Matt, and uh, we'll probably talk about that in the the next episode but that brings us to to my number three which is is one of those nit it's i hate to have this and uh, you know the walking dead cast credit them for starting this department of the suspension of disbelief that uh uh you know the, the power I, I guess it was when the power went out in the in the police station so we can give them a little bit of of maybe this is why but colleen she sneaks into the property room she finds the blueprints she gets the c4 and then she escapes the precinct with it how did she get out of there like what <laughs> like she's got this huge you're telling me that she's in in a, a building full of cops she's going to go into what's I would assume should be a secure room, especially if it's got explosives in it. And she just kind of walks in there. Nobody's watching the door. Nobody's paying attention. She kind of roots around a little bit. She finds the blueprints for where to put the bombs, which that's the first thing that I go, huh? How did she know that's where that thing was? And then, you know, (laughs) she finds the C4 (laughs) and then she gets out of the precinct with it. I'm just like, come on. And she gets all the way to Midland Circle with this big bag of explosives when all the cops – I'm like, come on. Really, how much are you asking me to – it just – it was just a little too much for me. Yeah, uh, I understand. Know, I, I, I feel the same way now that you kind of like describe <laughs> it. <laughs> it just – and I, like I had to back it up and watch it again and go, wait a minute. Did she took that, that huge bag of C4? Yeah, it just – there was so much about that that I went, huh? That doesn't make any sense to me. How could how could this happen? You know. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your number three? <laughs> um, my number three would be Misty trusting in Luke, uh, Jessica and Matt in the precinct about how to deal with the hand. Uh, it they really went in depth on that. It 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 seemed like there was a lot of talk in that scene. <laughs> Yeah, and I still don't – that's another one of those things. I think it's down in my notes somewhere that I'm still confused about the fact that like Streber very specifically says, no, we're not going to let them talk to each other by themselves. And then Matt's like, oh, please, please, mister, can we talk by ourselves? And he's like, okay, fine. And they go – and lets them go off by themselves and apparently escape the building. (laughs) You know, it's just – I'm just like going – what this guy who was so adamant about I, we don't like I just wish the writers had found a better way to get these two things to happen. I understand we we need to get the explosives to Midland Circle. I understand we need to get our heroes to to Midland Circle. So let's figure out a better B than just oh they're just going to break out of the wall. You know it just it just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And and just like I said, the, the cops, like you mentioned, the cops talking about and like Misty, you know, obviously she trusted Luke. But why would Streber trust Luke and the heroes? And then Misty breaks away and meets them at the building all by herself, you know, and, and they're at the end when she's like, well, how, how many minutes do you need me to stall them for? And I'm like, <laughs> and, and then she didn't even she didn't even stop him. The, the only thing that stopped him was the fact that that Luke wrapped that thing around the door. Yeah. You know, 
she just kind of stands there and goes, okay, and just steps out of the way and lets them go past her. <laughs> it just, uh, I'm just, there's so many things about this that I want to. It, it seems I, like I, they rushed it a lot. Uh, yeah, just to get it ended. Maybe it has to do with their budget and them trying to bust something yeah. out, and that's why everything is going to where it was. Yeah, uh, and this yeah. was an offshoot show. This wasn't like Daredevil or Iron Fist. And Iron Fist uh, second season was what ten episodes, and then uh, Luke Cage season two wasn't as many as the previous. So maybe it was their way of cutting down the budget. Maybe I I just it just I, I hate to I hate to nitpick especially at a at a comic book show because you know suspend your disbelief let set us set it all aside and let it go but there's a few things that I kind of have to go ah, come on guys we can do better than this yeah. you know um, but I, I think that brings us uh, to my number two and I think uh, I think our our last few here are probably going to meld together a little bit but. Yeah. Uh, uh, the heroes fighting with the, the fingers of the hand, or at least the three that are left uh, up there um, in the in the garage, and we see Daredevil fighting with Murakumbi and Bakudo, while Luke and Jessica fight Gao. But then Luke is is fighting with Murakumbi, uh, and where Jessica is fighting with Gao, they kind of all kind of mix mix partners there uh, for a bit, and then Colleen shows up to help. And it's it, there was a weird segue there to where it seemed like the bad guys were maybe losing a little bit, or maybe they just realized that, uh, you know, oh, this is a stalemate. We need to get downstairs. And so Bakudo, you know, he cuts that that uh, pipe so that they can so that the the flames will shoot out and stop the heroes for a few minutes while while they escape. It was just a really it, it was it's a great I mean I loved it. It was a great fight scene in the way, you know, we see Gao, we see that she has some sort of telekinetic kind of power and we see that, you know, these three bad guys are are pretty evenly matched with our with our heroes uh even to the point where you know daredevil's fighting two of them at one time and two of them are fighting one and so we 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 get this really kind of uh evenly matched battle there but then all of a sudden when misty and colleen show or misty and claire show up Mm -hmm. they they just they they vamoose you know they they get out of there yeah, well, they don't have powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those are the ones we're scared of. Hey, we're scared of the people that just showed up that don't have any powers. It's another one of those things that I go, "What? Wait a huh? minute." This, yeah, yeah. I guess they just wanted to get downstairs to see what was going on. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, we saw it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that would bring me to my number two, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my number two would be Matt, Luke, and Jessica working together on their lead with the hand, trying to get back uh, Danny back. Then the fight is shown between Danny and Elektra, as well as the fight with Luke, Jessica, and Matt against the hand. So uh, it was nicely depicted. I I enjoyed it. Uh, It was very powerful since this is the power of the wills at at that time, uh, trying to fight for what they think is right for their own cause. Awesome fight scenes, by the way, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it was more action-y than kind of the story element. It was just like, oh, let's get... Oh, this is what everybody wants to watch. Yeah. But it's it's exactly what we want to watch, but 
you, you got to put some plot into it a little bit. There was not really much talking in it. Yeah, and I kind of wish, you know, I kind of wish we got this fight more down in the underground and we get a little bit of it in the underground i guess a little bit more yeah. but uh, it, it kind of leads us to my number one which is that same which is that same thing electra and danny fighting there in the underground and i i do i will say this i did love the editing the way they and it, it really i loved it but it confused me because i got confused about who was fighting who because they were switching back and forth between yeah. The Danny Electra fight, and then you know Daredevil, Murakami, Bukudo, and Luke and Jessica and Gao, and then and they they were flipping between all those different fights so much uh, that it, it kind of got me a little confused. But they they did a really good job of, of editing it down, and then of course that that end punch there where Electra kind of basically kind of goads Danny into using the Iron Fist, and she ducks out of the way, and he opens up the the cavern, which. Um, uh, yeah, it was just a really it's that's a really cool visual there him opening up that that cavern. Yeah, definitely. I love it. And that brings us to your number 1. My number 1? Yes. My number 1 would be the that ending of Luke, Matt and Jessica wanting to blow up the building. But Danny and Electra are just below. Dum <laughs> like as Mr. Brown Lodge would put in. Uh, cliffhanger galore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, that was an interesting argument or discussion, you know, because you have these three native New Yorkers uh, who are talking to these basically to this this other person who's not from New York. And and I, at least that's the way it hit me is that, you know, Colleen's first thought is, oh, I'm going to blow up a building, not realizing that she's talking to people who have lived through the blowing up of a building. Yeah. You know, and and so you you get that idea that that Luke and Jessica and even Matt, for the most part, are trying to say, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're not going to blow up another building. We're not going to blow up a building here in New York. We're not going to do that. That's terrorist. That's that's a terrorism thing to do. But then she brings them around with that understanding of, well, this is the only way we're going to save the city. And and so it's a really good kind of twist of the the conversation to get them get them there so mm -hmm. uh so i had a, a few quotes here that uh that i liked um that's uh, at there at the beginning when uh you mentioned about electric killing uh alexandra and uh one of the hand i think it was gal or one of them says this is not our first coup and electric reply or bakudo i guess says this is not our first coup and electric comes back and says but it's your first without the substance letting them know that hey you can actually die yeah. in this in this uh scenario uh and then of course um <laughs> I, I love when they get into the police station and jessica says i don't suppose either of you snuck a flask in um, <laughs> gotta love that <laughs> yeah gotta love that and uh and then of course foggy with his mr bulletproof and super joan jet <laughs> i thought was uh uh was a really good when he's referring to luke cage and uh jessica jones that uh, so i thought that was really cool <laughs> yeah the quick wits always come out in great quotes i, yeah. I always seem to think uh, mine would be Jessica. It's been a long week, 
after she chugs from what I think is a warm beer taken from the bum on the subway. Yeah, I, I was just waiting for her to belch, man. That's all. I, I just I really wanted a good a good rip right there. I was just like, that would be perfect. This would be the perfect woman if she just rips off a belch right there. But no, she didn't do that. But um, uh, yeah, that's that's. I was waiting for that bum to wake up. You know, when when she cracked the beer or something, you know, and go, hey, you're taking one of my beers and have her throw a buck at him or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, was there any any other notes from episode seven that we missed there? Uh, well, just during the fight scene with Luke, Jessica and Matt, Luke puts out the fire from the gas pipe with hands crushing the pipe. I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah, that was a- it was just show of strength and what he can do. Yeah, and it was a really cool visual effect the way they did it, and especially when they panned back and like his sleeve was still kind of on fire or smoldering yep. a little bit. I thought that was really cool. Um, for me, the only thing is that I, I came to the realization that this, I, I guess, and I went back and checked the IMDb on the dates of the re- the release dates. This does take place before Punisher season one, mm-hmm. so that means that our that our Karen the Karen Page we have in Punisher season one is still grieving from the loss of Matt Murdock. I'm assuming because Punisher season one happens before Daredevil season season three, but I don't know if, if Karen page is in Daredevil season three or not. So, mm. um, but uh, I just thought that was interesting when I came in Cause I, I thought this all happened after the Punisher storyline. Um, I thought so too, but I'm under cause it, time you know, I don't have the wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing from Doctor Who to go back. Yeah, and just yeah. See and I can only go. But yeah. I can only go by the release dates. You know, the IMDb release dates were they were released. They're in the same year, but they were released months uh, apart. I think. Yeah, months apart. Defenders came first, and then Punisher. So, so yeah, uh, I think you're correct. And on top of that, I have not even finished watching Daredevil season three. So. Okay. Yeah, that, I haven't even started. That's yeah. on my list, as well as finishing up Iron Fist. I only got through like the first three or four of each, and yeah. now that you know, it's like now it's the downtime of the season for me. What, yeah. what I do for work, so I could actually sit and binge watch a full day if I wanted to. Yeah, very which cool. Is good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, episode eight uh, is just called the Defenders, and. Uh, I got a, a, a short little synopsis for it. It's just this is the ultimate battle with the hand. It commences. We see Colleen convincing everyone to destroy the building, as we already talked about. Uh, Matt continues to try and redeem Electra, even as they're fighting. Uh, we learn what the substance is finally, and I've got that in my top five, so I don't want to bring that up now. Um, and at the end of it, our heroes kind of go their separate ways, but they continue to protect the city and we get a setup for daredevil i'm what i'm assuming is daredevil season three yes. setup uh, there at the very end of this this episode so really good episode yeah so we should get to a top five why don't you go ahead and start mark Sure. Number five is, I really loved the conversation between Trish and Karen about Matt and Jessica. It it was very genuine. I loved how the two actresses played it off. It shows the depth of the show and how they created not only the heroes, but their family and friends as well for the better for the story writing. So, you know, I, I, I was clear as far as getting the story interpreted. 
during action sequences. <laughs> Apparently, they get them outside, and depending on what director is directing, they get the mm-hmm. actual, you know, other characters that are more immersed into the story and get their development and how they are interplaying with the heroes and everything, too. Yeah, that was really good. I, I, I went back because I honestly I glossed over it the first time I watched this episode. But uh, the second time seeing those two actresses together, you know, and having that conversation while they're looking at the pictures of the, the bodies and the social, and Karen says, I was right there. And Trish and you can see the, the kind of softening in Trish as she realizes that this woman has been through the same kind of trauma that that I've been through or similar trauma that we both you know have this this we're 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 not we're ordinary people who are caught up in extraordinary events surrounded by extraordinary people yeah and uh, so it was that yeah it's a really good and those two actresses I, I totally agree with you those two actresses played it really well it, it was very genuine to me um, I would love to see them I could see them do anything just about anything together. Yeah, you know, I think I think they they play really well. Not just um, Marvel too; it could be anything else. As anything, far as yeah. Movie. I, I, oh yeah, I think I think for sure they just they just look like they have a not a not even a romantic, which is a, a chemistry together as 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 far as working together and and uh, uh, doing doing things. I think would be great. Yeah. Um, my number five is is the substance is dragon bones. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and this is the last place that that we have dead dragon bones or we have buried dragon bones and they're all over uh the underground of the city to the point where if these uh if the the bones are gone the city uh the city is going to collapse but it it looked to me like there was a i mean it was at least one if not two i don't know if there were two dragons but there was a lot of bones down there like there was more bones than they were going to be able to harvest in that one night yeah, you know, and and Gao is acting like, well, we're just gonna go ahead and let the city fall because we're gonna get all these bones out of here. And I was just like, how up that elevator shaft, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously, we know there has to be another exit, even though Matt said there wasn't. There must be another exit out of that tunnel because we know Matt got out. We know that there was some way they were gonna get these bones out of there. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that was my number five was just the fact that, that we learned that the substance is, is either, it's either ground up dragon bones or it's, it's, it's the bones themselves, or I'm not sure how they make it. They don't really show us the process. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They don't show the process of crushed dragon bones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, so what was your number five? My number five? Uh, no, you mean my number four. Oh, yeah, you're number four. I'm sorry, because you started. So, yeah, you're number four. Ah, uh, well, my number four would be I love the fight in the basement of the building with the heroes. They were all together and working once again as a team. That is awesome. Uh, that's why we're here, to go see these defenders. But a little too close for comfort when fighting, especially when Luke tells Danny to light it up now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then with one punch, knocks down the the old lady and a bunch of all the hand and yeah. the fight continues with the Wu-Tang Clan in the background as a soundtrack. Yeah, I love that that uh, what is that check your neck or check your head or whatever that uh, that song uh was that was playing. Yeah. Um from the from the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, this was actually my number 2 um was that whole fight and just from beginning to end it's really great and uh, just 
you know, Jessica jumping out of the heli- the helicopter, the elevator, you know, and, and, and keeping them kind of at bay while she says, well, I'm, I wasn't, I didn't come here. I came down here to talk. I didn't come out to fight alone. And then everybody, you know, then Luke and Matt jump out of the shadows and the fight begins. It was really just, it was really, really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was a nice scene, and it was nice to see all this, because this is pretty much what everything was been building up to from the very beginning yeah. of the series, yeah. and we want to see them all together just doing what they do with their powers yeah. and kicking Yeah, we want, to, we want to see them fight. Um, so my number four uh, was Claire convincing Colleen that she needs her help to stay safe and, and to set off the bombs. And it was interesting to me because it pitted Colleen's loyalty to Danny against the overall goal of you know taking down the hand mm-hmm. and what we're going to see is that her choice ends up kind of binding her to claire but even more so uh to misty eventually um but i'll get more to that when i get into my number three but that just that idea of that uh colleen has been so loyal to danny that she almost missed the chance to be part of you know that to to make sure and she makes luke and uh or she makes luke and jessica promise that they're going to bring danny back you know and that that plays into the end of the episode when matt wants to stay behind and luke tells jessica well we promised colleen that we would get him to safety yeah you know um so that just that whole that whole scene of these these non-powered are non-powered uh kind of heroes uh have a lot to do in this last this last episode. So I really liked that. Yeah, they they show and they carry because they are the support team for our heroes. <laughs> so yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, my number three would be Misty trying to help Claire and Colleen, but loses her arm in the process. Something that's been alluded to a while ago, and they kind of vaguely remember with the uh, cut scene with her arm. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Claire having to fix it. Now we got it. It's really out there. She has no arm. Uh, but the ladies coming together to fight Colleen's old master in the end, and Colleen cutting off his head. That was a bit gruesome. Yeah, yeah, and the blood kind of spurting out. We haven't seen a lot of that real uh, gruesome kind of violence. This was actually my uh, my number three as well. Was this fight with with the three of them kind of working together? And you know, Misty shows up and she shoots Bakudo, and Bakudo keeps wa- keeps walking toward her. And so we see these three. And I don't know now. Correct me if I'm wrong because I've read a little bit of of maybe this might be spoilery. But in the comics, is it Misty and Colleen? That are kind of a team. They have like a team up thing. They do. Okay. Eventually, they did. Eventually, okay, okay. So, so we kind of we're seeing the beginning of that uh, happening here, and then of course Claire uh, getting involved. But I, I like the the mis- You know, we had the misdirect at least once, if not twice. Uh, prior to this of something happening to Misty's arm and us thinking, oh, this is where she's going to lose her arm. And, uh, and, but it not happening until now. So I, I, I think, I, yeah, I like that. I'll go with you uh, on that. Uh, Cause like I said, that was my number three as well, which yeah. uh, would, would bring us to your number two. Well, to add to your number three, it was like a hot tub time machine thing where it's like, this is when he's going to lose his arm. <laughs> this is it. This is it. This is it. Yeah. yeah it's it's like funny. all those comic book people are like, wait, wait. Oh, no. Yeah, so my number two would be uh, the fight between Elektra and Matt in the caves 
of the building was very interesting. Uh, a lot of bantering while they were fighting, but I felt those blows to the face from Matt's batons hit Electra. It really hurt me hearing them. <laughs> it, you could feel, like, the skull or the jaw getting whacked. Yeah. I, I felt that. <laughs> it, it felt like a real fight. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. And, uh, um, I'm going to take, since I already gave, since my number two went with your, that whole fight, uh, I'm going to bring up something that I actually had in my notes, uh, for my number two, which is that the elevator shaft really is almost becomes a, the elevator and the elevator shaft really almost become a a character here at the end. If you really think about it, because, you know, Matt kind of feels the wall and he find any, any, is there's some sort of machinery behind here and then they open it up and they go in and there's the elevator and they ride the elevator down and they're attacked. Um, you know, or they they ride the elevator down, and Jessica jumps out of the the comes out of the elevator alone. They're attacked. They get on the elevator again. Mm-hmm. We have we have Gao talking about the shaft, the elevator shaft. We have Matt telling them that's the only way out. There's all these things. That elevator shaft was a very important character. And then even there at the end, when we have Jessica uh, grabbing hold of the cable and and holding up the the Elevator, elevator the, for everybody. Yeah, yeah. elevator with with Danny and Luke in it, showing us how strong. She even though she's be. not, yeah, even though she's not big and bulky like Luke is, she has probably equal, I would think, to his strength. Yeah, you know. Um, so, so I, I really like that the, the idea of the el- this the elevator shaft really pay, played a very important part, and then uh, uh, I, that line when she's holding it up and they're just looking at her and she's like, "Stop staring, start climbing." I thought was, <laughs> I, I thought was really good. It made me chuckle because she's she's like, "You guys stop," you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your number one for our final episode of the Defenders? Uh, my number one would be that ending was so painful. To- see that last kiss between Electra and Matt then the reunion with everyone at the precinct it was so very heartfelt especially when Karen and Foggy were upset and realized that Matt was not there it was so like heart-wrenching because Mm -hmm. everybody else got you know it's like you saw Jessica and Trish come together Luke was there with Misty and everybody else. Claire, yeah, Claire and Colleen, and they all come in and they're all hugging. And and then you got you got Foggy and Karen looking at the oh, door and they're just, waiting, they're just wait, yeah, and he doesn't show up, and you're just like, oh, oh. I feel so bad for them. Um, my number one uh, was all the different epilogues we got. You know, we have Iron Fist kind of watching over the city. We mm-hmm. have him telling telling Colleen, "I feel like New York is home." We have Jessica getting back to her uh, her office apartment, and Malcolm is there patching the bullet holes, and he's like, "I got I guess I'm gonna have to get used to doing this." And she takes the cover off the the door, yep. and so she's gonna get back to work. We've got Luke and Claire getting their fresh start, uh, uh, courtesy of Hogarth, Benowitz, and Chow or Mao or whatever. Uh, Chow. Fog- <laughs> yeah, Chow. Uh, uh, Foggy's uh, law firm. You know, and then of course that uh, that cliffhanger, sort of cliffhanger, I guess, ending setting up for Daredevil three with Matt waking up in the uh, what I don't know what it is. We don't know what it is yet, but uh, they something that's got women in it because there was just women talking to him. So <laughs> uh, it was a church. It is a church. Okay. Okay. And it's a so, lot of nuns. 
Yeah. And apparently somebody's <laughs> name is brought up that knows him particularly. So Right. They said go get Maggie and I, I looked up a couple of spoilers, but I don't want to get spoiled about who Maggie is. So No, no, and it's actually a, an actress that we do all love. Okay. But uh cool. so for those of you that want to jump into Daredevil season three, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, I have to agree, especially with that Iron Fist at the very end, because he said he would take care of the city. Mm-hmm. And he is up there on top of the building like Matt would be, and you see the fist glowing and he's got the jumpsuit. Yeah. With the the yeah. yellow on it, almost similar to his costume in some way okay. in the comics. But I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so we had a, had a couple of quotes here. Um, I really liked at the beginning when they're talking about blowing up the building and Claire says, for the record, everything that's been said in the last two minutes is 100% insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there at the, during the fight when Jessica says, let's go ironclad, and he says, it's Iron Fist, and she says, I know, and just keeps walking. <laughs> you know, uh, I just I really like that. And I see you've got a few things here. Uh, well, I have one quote, which is, uh, Luke saying, I can't believe I'm saying this, but let's do something crazy. And that was yeah. just when they thought, oh, let's blow up the building. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what are your additional notes there for episode eight that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, I think Matt's use of a Star Wars quote was a little bit weak, <laughs> but I don't think they were going with that angle. It just sounded familiar to me. Uh, I, I know there is a goodness inside of you. Uh, just yeah. comes straight from out of Star Wars, and I'm like, oh my god, here we go. <laughs> yeah, like- I don't. I, I'm with you though. I think it's kind of like the same thing with Luke, uh, with uh, like Electra when she says, "You know nothing." Uh, to Matt, I I don't really think they were trying to reference Game of Thrones there. I think it was just a it was just an offhanded line yeah. that was was put in there. But uh, uh, and uh, oh yeah, go ahead with that last your next one. Oh, uh, my next one would be just the the thought. Uh, I thought the battle with Elektra in the basement of the building <laughs> or cave with the dragon skeleton was pretty cool. Yes, that was a dragon skeleton down there. We all know this now. Uh, it was from Iron Fist season one. Sorry if it was a spoiler, but honestly, that you know, a lot of people <laughs> overlooked Iron Fist, but that was the big reveal at the very end of season one. So that's what they were hiding all that time. The hand. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's a really cool shot because the rib cage and everything. And first, I thought maybe they were just dinosaur bones, but uh, then as as you get as you listen to more of the dialogue, you realize it is dragons that are down there. Um, the only thing I had that we really haven't talked about yet was uh, Gal when she called Jessica the unyielding woman and Luke the unbreakable one. I, I kind of liked that idea yeah. of them kind of romanticizing these are our heroes but that that idea of jessica being the unyielding woman i thought <laughs> really made me chuckle uh and then uh there was a lot of good one uh, good liners in this in this episode it's like they they say they didn't save all of them up for this episode but they had a bunch of really good one-liners uh in this in this episode uh do you have anything about the series as a whole like not just these episodes or these few episodes but just the defenders all together that you wanted to add Yeah altogether I would say it was kind of done in a right way where we we got something like this but I think it was a bit rushed mm-hmm. and they were scattered try, just trying to get 
something similar to what the Avengers have, but on a dirtier scale, yeah, uh, on a lower budget. But Netflix always comes through. But in the sense with this, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff <clears throat> was left out within the story. But at the very end, we got the big scenes that we wanted within the last two episodes of everybody fighting, coming together, and seeing that they do click as some sort of group. Yeah, and I think it's for me, it's it's just unfortunate that the the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, kind of from what we've read in articles, doesn't really want to work with the MNU, the Marvel Netflix Universe, because there was some really great potential here, some really great actors and actresses playing these parts. And uh, just just to know that, you know, I hope part of me really hopes that down the road somewhere they can find some way to negotiate these these things that the Marvel Cinematic Universe can kind of adopt the Marvel Netflix Universe as kind of its its little brother or, or bring it into the fold, so to speak, because I, I really want I would love to see these characters continue. I would I don't want us to have to. Either like have them just bring a daredevil in out of the blue who give us no who we have no backstory for, you know, they just throw him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and go, oh, here's Daredevil. And we're not going to tell you anything about what's happened to him (laughs) before this. We're just going to put him in Avengers 9, you know, or however many Avengers movies. Uh, I don't think they go in Avengers 9, (laughs) you know, uh, or or bring in or bring in just any of these characters without having some sort of backstory with him. And I hate the fact that we're going to lose these characters completely because I, I love the character of Jessica Jones. I would love to see that uh, storyline continue to see how they can, the things they could do with that character. And, you know, it, it, it makes me want to check out the comic book maybe and see what the, what the comic book is and how different the comic book is from oh, the big TV time show. Difference. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Well then maybe I wouldn't like, maybe I wouldn't like the comic book then. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things that I just kind of go, it's, it's just unfortunate that these two, two companies can't find a way to work together. Well, that that's kind of separating at this point now because I think what Netflix is looking to do and with the cancellation of all the previous shows between Iron Fist, Luke Cage, <laughs> uh, Daredevil, I think Jessica Jones and The Punisher are the next two to go. Yeah. And I think they're doing that because they were way in over their head and they were strict to a budget and they're too busy doing their own thing. And with the Disney app coming out, I'm sure Disney Marvel is looking to obtain some of these properties to do what they can with them. But the only problem with that is that once they've ended those series or canceled, they, I believe Disney Marvel can only do two years until they, uh, it has to be two years until that from the time that they canceled till they could actually do something with that character. Right, and that's and that's what I'm saying is unfortunate because if because it seems like the, the articles that I read were all about the fact that the creators of the Marvel Netflix universe and the creators of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the other way around, the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, creators don't really want to work with the Marvel Netflix Universe creators. They're you know whatever. I it just it's just unfortunate to me that we have these that we're going to lose these characters or we're we're at least we're definitely going to lose these characters in the fashion that we've seen them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're, they, we're not. They're going to change them and eventually, if they do interweave them into the actual MCU or create their own show on like a Disney app, 
Yeah. What they will probably do is water it down a little bit, which uh, I could see them doing with uh, Denny and Luke with being Heroes for Hire, and they could do their own separate little show. Uh, Jessica Jones might fade in the win. Uh, Daredevil and Punisher definitely will have to come into play because they are big-time characters. Yeah, what I'm interested to know is how whether they're talking about the intellectual property of this specific portrayal of the character can't be used for two years after the cancellation or if the the character altogether can't be used i'm thinking you it's know. the character altogether see that'd be unfortunate because that would mean that would mean that we're not gonna we would not be able to see these daredevil yes. or any of these people in for like you said another another two years in even a different form than what they are now Exactly. You know, so they, we um, would have to start from scratch, kind of like what they did with Deadpool when mm-hmm. we had Once Upon a Deadpool, because it's a PG thirteen film now. Yeah, but they didn't change. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't take anything away from. They didn't change it though. It's the same story. It's the same story as Deadpool two. It's yeah. just. It's just. A, it's just a PG thirteen. Yeah. Well, version maybe. Of Deadpool maybe two, they will so. have to do that with these characters if those particular yeah. actors are willing to come back to portray it. Yeah, we'll uh, see. That would be awesome if they would. Uh, but I also see Kristen Ritter playing another character, but I'm not sure if she would actually take it if they actually do introduce it into the MCU, but that would be Spider-Woman. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think I think they could definitely they could definitely do it if they wanted to, to introduce that character. And it's uh, there's definitely a lot of ways they can go with it. And these I think these are, are all accomplished actors that we're going to see do something anyway. I I hope yeah. they don't stop altogether or just you know sit back on these uh, sort of residuals and and let their lives go. I hope we get to see them on screen again somewhere. Yeah, so now we move on to Comic Talk, but before we get into Comic Talk, I want to say Happy New Year to everybody. Happy Uh, New Year. I hope you had a great holiday. Uh, I'm hoping that you listened to my little short little rant about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I really enjoyed it. I really suggest everybody go out to see it. It is what everybody has been saying, and that's why the Rotten Tomatoes rating is extremely high. I, I they're looking to do a sequel and I think and this floats right into comic talk. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they they're gonna apparently do another movie and uh I believe the director slash producer that was in it saying if we get to two hundred million dollars domestically, he'll put in the Japanese Spider Man, which oh. I'm looking forward to because they have a <laughs> Japanese Spider Man live action one. If they incorporate cool. that, that would be awesome to see. Yeah, that would be cool. So uh yeah, I hope everybody had a great new year and uh we have a lot more coming this year. Uh Steve, you want to talk about the uh, Netflix Punisher? Yeah, I so I'm I'm excited to say if if you uh you hopefully you're hearing this uh shortly after the announcement has been made that uh, Punisher season 2 has a release date. It is going to be released on January 18th. Uh I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that probably Netflix is going to do the same thing they've done with every other show. Uh, when they release when they release it that they're going to release the entire series there on January 18th. So I anticipate uh, with Mark's uh, agreement, uh, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. That probably when we record on the evening of the 24th, we'll start with Punisher season two, episode one, maybe episode one and two, depends on how many episodes they've gotten. What we decide to do, 
But I, I think as uh, as podcasters, we're going to keep our dynamics similar to what's been happening, where Mark is going to binge uh, the entire series. Way to go, Mark. You're a champ. Uh, <laughs> And I am going to watch it one episode or two episodes at a time, how, however we decide to podcast on it. So uh, come back before January 24th. Tell us what you thought about uh, the first couple episodes of Punisher Season 2, and we'll see where we go from there. Uh, after that, uh, you know we've got uh, Jessica Jones Season 3 should be coming out pretty soon. Uh, hopefully March April time frame is what I'm what I'm thinking maybe we'll see yeah but uh, so hopefully by the time we finish uh, Punisher season two Jessica Jones season three will have a release date and we'll then cover probably cover Jessica Jones season two and then go right into Jessica Jones season three uh, Mark have you watched all of Jessica Jones season two? Oh yeah I have uh, I, I have, enjoyed I have, it it's really yeah, I, ha- I have not. So we'll keep that. We'll keep our same dynamic. Uh, hopefully, our 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 listeners uh, like that dynamic of having one person who's in the dark and one person who kind of knows what or kind of knows what's going on at least. And before we actually get into Punisher, we could actually take up a like every week doing a Marvel film and discussion based upon it. So that yeah. way we could ramp up until Punisher. Yeah, we got to figure out something because we got to do. We got two weeks before January eighteenth comes out. So uh, be watching our Facebook page, and we'll announce what we'll be doing next week. Um, yeah, there. and submit some feedback so that way we could actually announce and uh, give your comments on the on the actual podcast. So it'd be awesome. We would love to hear it. There's a lot more movies. I was saying that the new year is bringing new things. So. <laughs> We're getting a lot of movies this year as far as Marvel's concerned. So first off would be for the new Oh, yeah, you've got some more news. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, there's more news. We're getting Captain Marvel's coming out in March. Wow, that's soon. And and March 8th. So do you have any thoughts of uh, Nick Fury with his eye? That's crazy. It's going to be it's going to be cool. I I wonder it's going to be you know that's one of those things we just joked about uh about Misty and her arm. Uh we've we've uh, they've talked about it on the Lost podcast that you know the TV show Lost had a character that was uh that was paralyzed and uh so I, I wonder if we're going to see Nick Fury lose his eye or if it's if they're going to do these prequel uh other prequel movies with with Nick Fury where or if Captain Marvel might do it, where we're going to see a bunch of different scenes of something happening where oh, this is his eye. Oh, this is no. <laughs> I, I just I wonder if that's if we're going to get that in Captain Marvel or if it's going to end with him still having both his eyes and, and uh, they'll leave the mystery of how he loses his eye later on. But I'm looking forward. I, I, this is exciting because this is going to end up being the actual first theatrical release of a Marvel right by herself female superhero correct right? i mean we, we had ant-man and the wasp last year yeah um, so this is the know, first female marvel car- uh, superhero that's coming out on her own yeah which is awesome uh i had thoughts about nick fury's eye but I, i'm thinking with all the the posters some things i've seen with the the trailer because you see fury playing with the cat and she goes fury stop <laughs> and, it's like, and the cat's yeah. there, and the cat's actually in the poster. So, is it a scroll? What is it? <laughs> could be, could be. I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I think I wonder if they're going to have us guessing through this whole movie if we're going to if we're going to see him lose his eye or not. Uh, next up, after like Captain Marvel comes out, we get Avengers Endgame. 
and that comes out April 26th. So, nice. uh, yeah, we, we finally get to see what's going on. Is it all this timey whiny stuff that we're, we're all interested in? Uh, they, do they go back in time to the original Avengers and then we get Loki back? Uh, do we get all this other stuff and, or do they use the barf technology? Who knows? Yeah. And, and who's, who at the end of this one, who is going to be left alive? Who's going to be, you know, who's going to be dead? Who's going to be. You know, who are we going to have a chance to see come back? Yeah, and then at, shortly after that, in June 7th, we get X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is the last of the Fox property, I believe. Actually, no, it's not. The second to last Fox property. So we get to see another incarnation of the X-Men through Fox's eyes and how they were... I think Marvel had something to do with it a little bit, but not so much. Uh, usually they go on their guidance, but not as much with this one. It's probably similar to First Class and that whole trilogy and how they set it up. So it's another version of the idea of the Phoenix, which I, I'm interested in seeing. I wasn't really happy with the last form of the Phoenix. I'm hoping that this is a little bit more dramatic and comes out a little bit different. It could it could stray from the comics. I, I love the comic version of Jean Grey, how she became Phoenix how it became more, more of a galaxy thing, and then eventually it went dark, and then she became Dark Phoenix. But they, they with the last incarnation, they kind of skipped the whole regular good Phoenix version of it. So, uh, and then after that, after June 7th, we get Spider-Man Far From Home on July 5th, I believe. And uh, Now, is that, a, is that an Andrew Garfield... No. <laughs> no, not Andrew Garfield, the kid. The, the Tom kid Holland, from, yeah. Tom Holland, Tom thank Holland. you. That's the one I'm thinking, not Andrew Garfield, sorry. So, <laughs> so we Tom Holland there. over in Europe, and oh, yeah. uh, so Spider-Man's in Europe. He's on a field trip, from what I could tell, and Mysterio is the uh, the prime villain in that movie. So that, Oh, well, that's going to be interesting. Mysterio is one of those we haven't seen him portrayed in a while. Exactly. If ever. So we got that, and then shortly after that, in August 2nd, we get the New Mutants movie. Finally. They've wrapped it up, and uh, those Game of Thrones fans that are out there, the the girl that plays Arya is going to be there. She's oh, yeah, that's right. Wolfsbane. I saw that. Yeah. So that, that's my intrigue into that, because I want to see it. And apparently it, it delves onto a storyline of the, the New Mutants that was very dark. Uh, I I don't think we're gonna get Warlock, but I would love to see the actual Warlock character in it. But as we all know, and all, us comic book fans out there, that's how New Mutants started off was with Warlock, and Warlock was an alien, not a mutant. And uh, we we'll, we'll have all this to look forward to now. And it starts off this year with The Punisher, obviously, on Netflix. We get to see Jigsaw, who is, uh, if you look at the previews, you could tell it's Billy Russo. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be kind of like the comic book version of Jigsaw. Yeah, I think the Jigsaw portion of uh, Billy Russo is going to be more internal, how crazy, and he's trying to piece himself together. And uh, and I believe it starts off with Frank being pardoned, uh, which we ended off with. But he just continues doing what he does, and we we anticipate 
you know, this show to come out because that's how we started off this this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got it. We got to keep following the Punisher. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Now, the the X Men, Dark Phoenix, and the New Mutants; those are both still not part of officially part of the MCU, right? Those will be separate. Yeah, I mean, they they may have some influence from the MCU creators, but really, they're technically separate. Uh, uh, studios and, and separate vehicles, right? That those yeah. won't necessarily play. Yeah, and so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for what's 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 going to happen going forward. Um, to see what they're what they're going to do and uh, to cover all these different movies. This is a lot coming out here. Oh, definitely. Well. To submit your feedback, theories, you could actually go to our Facebook group, which would be www.facebook.com slash panels2pixels. You could actually email us. We have an email address, panels2pixels1 at gmail.com. So that would be panels2, which the 2 is EO, and then pixels, and the number 1 at gmail.com. And listeners can hear Mark on Golden Spiral Media on the Walking Dead talk through with Brian Malosh. The Walking Dead should be coming back February Sunday, February tenth, uh, just about a month or so away, maybe a little more than a month away. Once you're hearing this, and uh, so we'll be excited to hear Mark on uh, the, on another podcast yeah. there, uh, and you can hear me right here <laughs> <laughs> and various other podcast that i leave voicemails on yeah he's been uh, very active and everybody seems to know it too now through uh <laughs> podcasting network is getting flooded with a lot of voicemail from mr steve brown yeah but they kind of called you out on the last one on game uh, uh yeah what was it house podcast <laughs> yeah i had a <laughs> i can't repeat the line here um i don't think i guess is, is how how much cursing can we do on uh, oh we can on- on this one, uh, yeah, just go back and, and listen to House House Podcastica. Listen to the Sons of the Harpy rewatch episode, and you'll hear my voicemail with a very funny line uh, that I that I uttered that I'll, I will be proud of for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'll carry that one for a bit. <laughs> That's cool. So we also recommend that you listen to everybody else on the Next Level Podcast Network. There are other podcasts on this network, and we do love and appreciate all of them. Yes. So, so we suggest DC Primetime. I hope they don't wrap up after <clears throat> Crisis on Infinite Earth next season. Uh, but uh, I love what Ben does with his partner. And there's also the Spotlight podcast that Ben also does. And I, I always recommend everybody listen to that. There are several other podcasts that are really going from my brain right now and but i recommend if you're interested in all that sci-fi stuff all movie or retro movies go back and watch and listen to some of those podcasts because they're awesome yes check it out on nextlevelradioonline.com so thanks everybody for listening i'm mark and i'm steve and this was panels to pixels good night everybody <laughs> good night <laughs> <laughs>